Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If I bleed tonight, if I am sad tonight, I don't have a job to Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Power Slam podcast here on Patreon. If you're listening to this a day early or on the main feed, I do apologise. My name is Kenny and I'm the reason that this is a little bit late because I've been very under the weather. Uh, still a bit under the weather, but I'm uh, fighting through it to bring this podcast to you with the one and only Mr. F. Martin Finn. How are you today? Kenny, I'm a lot better than I was on Tuesday when I was also feeling rough. I mean, who 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 knew that podcasting you know, was such a... Precarious, you should be paid danger money, Ken. <laughs> when these illnesses, all we do is sit here and talk about wrestling, and we're both ill. Hello, God. Imagine we, imagine we actually did real strenuous work of any kind. Exactly. You know, if we had like a real job, like, you know, like we were putting scaffolding up or something like that. Can you imagine? Well, you know, it's funny because my other half, Steve Gunn, I was talking to him and I was saying, you know, how is it that you never get ill? And he made a point, which actually might, he might have hit the nail on the head. He said, because he obviously works in the supermarket and he's a manager. And he said, well, I deal with the general public every day in droves. So I've, got, I've maybe got an immunity to them. I was like, maybe that's yeah. true. Yes. Maybe, maybe we don't have that immunity because we keep ourselves away in our layers for so so long. Exactly. We, You know, I don't think you and I, we haven't got that iron constitution, have we? No, we got certainly that, not. That durability to be able to cope with uh, infections and you know, colds and what have you. But anyway, we're here now. We're here. Um, so, we're, yeah, we're here to do the personal podcast today. Uh, normal service will resume unless anything else happens, which I'm, you know, doing my best to make sure it does not. Um, 
but yeah, well, I mean, let's just, I mean, the, the, a lot of the news this week is AEW related. Obviously, we had the big return of Kenny Omega on Wednesday night and Dynamite. He was the, uh, you know, expected uh, tag team partner of the Young Bucks in the main event against Andrade, Rush, and Dragon Lee in the AEW Trios Titles Tournament. Uh, what did you make of Kenny Omega's comeback? Uh, the fans were very, very happy to see him uh, in his return. Um, is he a baby face? I guess he is now with the Young Bucks. What did you make of his return? Yeah, I mean, presumably he's a baby face. I mean, we had on the previous week's Dynamite, we had the Young Bucks apologising to Adam Page. And then just before the video ended, they were kind of obnoxious, weren't they, to um, their camera operator guy? Brandon Cutler, yeah. Yeah, which was so, are they faces or are they not faces? But then sometimes they they are just that way when they're baby faces as well. So you can never quite tell. Yeah, I mean, I know they're, they're naturally obnoxious people. So, I mean, it's you know, it's kind of a bit like CM Punk or Chris Jericho. I mean, even when the baby faces, you're like, well, are we supposed to like these people? Well, <laughs> the Jacksons. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Kenny Omega returned. He was wearing like a, what do you call it, like a compression vest or something like that. And that was to sell the injuries. He's obviously been out for many, many months. Um, I thought Don Callis was fantastic on commentary. I thought he brought a real dynamic aggression and a penetrating wit to the announce desk. Um, to me, Don Callis should be at the announce desk every week. I don't care who he replaces because he's better than all the commentators. <laughs> w. Um, one thing also that he seemed to light a fire under Jim Ross. Jim Ross actually sounded like he wanted to be there and not pretending that he wanted to be there but like authentically wanted to be there and enjoyed the, you know, the knockabout back and forth, the interplay. Cause there's none of that at the desk, is there really? I mean, there is when Jericho's there, but Jericho's not very good at commentary. He doesn't really understand how to do it. But generally everyone just gets on, don't they? Yeah. The commentary. It's very bizarre because JR was taken off the first out of Dynamite and then he was going to do the second out of Dynamite and Rampage. Now he's doing all of Dynamite and all of Rampage. And then sometimes Taz is there, sometimes he's not. Sometimes Shivani's there, sometimes he's not. Excalibur's there trying to do the, basically the play-by-play role. Yeah. But he can only really do that when JR's not there because JR inevitably slips into that. So, I mean, because to me it just seems like, you know, it's, it's funny that like WWE got slated for years about the three-man booth. And very yeah. rarely did AEW have less than a four-man booth. Oh, I mean, the commentary is just... I mean, the commentary is one of the many problems with AEW. And they just, I mean, it's going to require difficult decisions. And as we know, the boy Tony doesn't like making difficult decisions. So, but I mean, Don Callis at the, I mean, it was just a breath of fresh air, just injected some, you know, some venom, you know, injected some, some spark and some life to that desk, which is just, they're just going through the motions week after week. I did want to ask you about Callis, though. Do you think that if, if Kenny Omega is a babyface now, can Callis still fit in as a babyface manager with him, or does that take away the, the luster of their teaming? Well, that's another point. I mean, Callis is, Don Callis is definitely a heel, or at least a tweener. I mean, he was there challenging everyone and, you know, being confrontational and, you know, deliberately making barbs and pointed remarks to provoke a reaction. I think also he probably just thought this announced desk. It just needs, it needs a kick up the backside. (laughs) You know, it needs a shake. You know, it needs some 
you know, life, it just needs something extra. You know, it needs like uh, a boost. And I felt like he really gave the desk that boost. Uh, but you're right. I mean, if if Don's, if Kenny Omega's a baby face, which I think he is, he seemed to be working face in that match, then yeah, where does Don Callis fit in? Maybe full time at the desk. Maybe he can turn heel on Kenny Omega and say, well, I brought Kenny, I made Kenny Omega the man he is. And he dropped me like a bad habit. So I'm here at the desk now and I'm going to, I'm going to make things right. You know, I'm going to hear them, I'm going to express my opinions on Kenny and others in AEW. Um, this is, you know, the role that I was born to play or whatever, something like that. Um, but I mean, I watched the match. I mean, I thought it lasted too long. I mean, about six or seven minutes in, I just felt like the match peaked. And then there was a massive dip. It just sort of slumped. It just lasted far too long. I mean, it did make a bit of a comeback towards the end and Omega scored the pin. Um, I mean, it wasn't a bad return. I think the Young Bucks, their act makes, I wouldn't say more sense. I was trying to find the words to describe how I feel about Young Bucks as baby faces. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether the word is tolerable. Maybe, maybe, maybe their act as baby faces is more tolerable than it is when the heels, because it's just designed to provoke baby face pops, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah, it's a lot of stunts, stunts and flips and spells. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it does, I wouldn't say it makes more sense because nothing they do makes any sense. Um, but they, their act is definitely more tolerable when they're baby faces because people react as they are supposed to react to the moves that they do. Um, but they, they scored the win, of course. Um, we believe that it's going to be Omega and the books in the final. I mean, surely it will be. I mean, you would think that they would also win the tournament, but who knows about that? Um, but yeah, I mean, it was... It was, um, yeah, I mean, I think the match just should have been shorter. If the match had been like, what was it? It was over 20 minutes, the match, wasn't just, it? Just under 21 minutes, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think if it had been like 13 minutes, I think it would have been better. And also that would have um, supported the storyline that Kenny has returned from injury. You know, he doesn't, his stamina's, he's not in the, the peak of his physical fitness. You know, his stamina's questionable. Uh, and they could have really done a match story whereby they were trying to finish the match as quickly as possible rather than allowing it to, you know, it's kind of protracted and to drag out. Um, you know, I mean, I know in the Japanese psychology, what would often happen back in the day is that somebody would return from injury and then that person would lose because the psychology was that person hasn't wrestled in many months. They're not in ring shape, the stamina, you know, the timing isn't there, the reflexes, you know, are fuzzy, they're not ready to go, whereas their opponent has been wrestling five, six nights a week. So, you know, they've come back and they've lost because they're, you know, they've been off. They're, they're not at the peak of their powers. So that's yeah. why they've lost the match. And that was the old Japanese psychology, which makes sense when you think about it. People, you know, wrestling promotions generally didn't don't do that in America because when someone returns, you don't want to job them out in the first match back. Yeah. So... You know, either either would have worked. But I mean, I kind of like the story that he's come back and he's not 100 percent And yeah, yet he's still he's, and yet he still won. So mm, you know what, what you know, Yeah, no, kinda... I mean I, I like the story. I like the story of him, you know, playing into the injury a little bit when he's come back. That's good. It's, I was saying this to Sandra, but I think it's just bears me saying it again because it's the main feat here and I'm with you. But I think you know, the thing that kind of irks me a little bit is that so Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks to me, there, there's different things about them that I don't like. 
So Kenny Omega, I do like his in-ring stuff. I think he's, I think he's really good. Um, you know, sometimes his matches go too long, which people know is my opinion. Um, but you know, I think he's an excellent in-ring wrestler. You know, the the match he had with Brian Danielson at Arthur Ashe last year, I thought was tremendous. There's a lot of his in-ring stuff that I've really enjoyed. Um, it's his character that I find quite difficult to take seriously as a top player. Yeah, the young bucks I actually really like their characters because I think they're quite. You know, I I get it. It's kind of they're these you know video game kids and and whatever. And I understand the characters, but in ring they drive me insane. So it's the different thing about each of them that 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 make me feel a different way. But the thing that's really interesting is, and it's this is more with Omega than the Bucks, but it, it applies to both. Is that if you don't think that they are both the best thing that has ever existed in their own divisions of wrestling, then you're treated like you, your opinion doesn't matter. And it's like if you if you if you're a movie buff, you know if you don't like movies with Daniel Day Lewis, people don't automatically assume that you have bad movie taste. Or you know you like you don't like Tom Hanks. If you well, don't like Tom, I, I, I generally don't really like Daniel Day Lewis either. Well, you go. but nobody would nobody in the movie business would then say, well, your opinion doesn't matter because you don't like Daniel Day Lewis. But in wrestling, there's this section of the fan base or section of the critics or whatever that are so pro Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks that if you dare to sort of say, well, they're okay, they're decent, but they're not great and they're not the best. That if you have that opinion, that your opinion is almost null and void. And it's a very strange thing to me. You know, and you'll see all these things going, you know, Kenny Omega is the the seven-star man to Roman Reigns' 4.5-star man. And you're like... Who cares? Who, That's yeah, one like, person's opinion on star ratings. Can we... Yeah, but that, but we're not even talking about... Ratings, please. But we're not even talking about that. Guy. This is one person's this, opinion of a, the quality of a match. But this isn't even that guy saying that. This is this is That has now made a, a, an audience use that one thing which makes no sense to create a narrative which to me is is absurd because if you look at Roman Reigns Roman Reigns as an example Roman Reigns and Kenny Omega's title runs Kenny Omega was a, a chicken shit heel in his title reign yeah and, and, he, and he, he kind of felt like a mid-card chicken shit heel yes whereas Roman Reigns carried himself like uh you know a monster megastar biggest in star in the business so to me, it's like, if you can't see how one portrays something different than the other, you could, you could say, look, Kenny Omega in-ring is better than Roman Reigns, but Roman Reigns as a pre- presentation is better than Kenny Omega. Those can both be true, but the fact that you're not able to have those uh, nuanced conversations, to me, is is sad. Well, it's a blinkered view, but people who want to think like that, Kenny, are entitled to have that opinion. So if they want to think that, get on with it. Good for them. Yeah. But if you're not willing, if you've got such a, if you've got tunnel vision about anything, now if you think you've got the exclusive on wisdom about <laughs> anything in pro wrestling or indeed anything in life, then to me, you're you're a bit of a fool, really, because you're not looking at the big picture. And we've all got to be willing to reconsider and re-examine our own attitudes. I mean, I spent years knocking John Cena. And last couple of years, when he's returned and he's changed his act and done different things and been very constructive as a performer for WWE, certainly last year when he's returned, um, I was full of praise for him. And I'm finally saying, it's Mm -hmm. like, well, this is a different guy. You know, this is not the guy that he was. And if you got that sort of blind you know, love or 
indifference or hatred or whatever, you know, if you can't bend and be flexible in your views, then to me, your opinion is, is questionable. It's like, you know, you've got to base it on merit on what's going on and not just on bias. And if you're biased, then, you know, you're not objective. If you're not objective, then to me, you're a fan, you're a fanatic. And you can't reason with a fanatic, Kenny. Well, listen, let's move on to uh, elsewhere on AEW. We had a really hot segment with CM Punk and John Moxley over their upcoming title match, which is now happening this Wednesday rather than all out, which begs the question, there's probably some angle going to happen that's going to come out of <laughs> yeah, that. It was, it was really funny after the main event of last week's Dynamite. Jim Ross said, I can't believe it's happening on TV. I was like, yep, <laughs> neither can I. <laughs> Um, but um, <laughs> but the, the, when, when Punk came out, and he did, and you know, Punk and Moxley really did bring some fire to to the stuff they did. And it's funny because Sandra had mentioned on the the AEW review we did on Patreon, she said, you know, she said she was quite surprised that in the main event with Omega and the Bucks against Andrade and Co, that the crowd were quite quiet during the match. Yeah, I thought they were for quite a lot of it. Certainly the middle portion, and they did reignite just before the end, which I put that down to the match, just kind of peek in, and these guys don't really know how to put a match together that peaks emotion. It's just a bunch of high spots with that don't really have any connection with the previous high spot that occurred. But, you know, that's the the joy of Kenny Omega, and particularly uh, the kayfabe destruction crew, the Young Bucks. Well, but, but to, I mean, for me, the reason I think it might have happened is because I think the Punk and Moxley stuff resonated with the crowd so much, it was so real, that to go from that to the you know the 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 less psychologically sound stuff was just a bit you know uh, empty a bit of, yeah. you know there's just nothing there yeah. but just, um, just yeah you're right lightweight superficial you know you can't go for you know you can't it's like if you look at WrestleMania 17 this is a different example right if you look at WrestleMania 17 Shane and Vince was such a hit on that show because of the way it was positioned on that event yeah. If Shane and Vince had been put on after Rock and Austin, it would have died. Yes. Because you can't give the, the crowd this, you know, monster main event thing and then give them a, a, a mid-card thing. It doesn't work. So, but I mean, with the Punk and Moxley stuff, there was a line at the beginning of Punk's promo where he said, you know, he called out Adam Page and then obviously Page was not scripted to come out. So <laughs> he said, well, that's not cowboy shit, that's coward shit, which... It seems like an odd line, but it turns out that's actually a, a line where CM Punk went into business for himself. Yeah. Um, in response to Adam Page uh, doing a line to him in the pre-Double or Nothing promo, which basically hinted at Cole Cabana by saying, you know, you need to be a champion behind this, the curtain as well as in the ring. Um, and that all plays into the fact that Cole Cabana was going to be released, but Tony Khan has then signed him to the Ring of Honor brand, which I guess means that he'll you know, have a gig once every three, four months. Um, yeah, do two matches a year. So this is all This is all kind of stemmed, you know, there's all these reports of, you know, a lot of the top AEW stars are uh, at odds and there's a, a pretty fiery situation going on. I know that uh, Eddie Kingston had tweeted out uh, something I'll not repeat, but he uh, he had very unkind things to say about CM Punk and what he was saying about him when he wasn't there. But um, how much of a volatile situation do you think this is? And do you think that Tony Khan needs to be worried? Yeah, I would say Tony Khan needs to be worried. I mean, I mean, the thing is, I don't see how anyone can be surprised by this. I mean, CM Punk still holds a grudge against WWE after more than, what is it, eight and a half years now? 
And, um, you know, past performance is the best indicator of future behavior. And when Tony signed CM Punk and it was all smiles and rainbows and he came in, but something like this was bound to happen because of the way Punk is. It's just this personality. This is, this is that, this is Phil Brooks. This is the way he is. Something was like this was bound to happen. Um, and the thing is, Adam Page made those comments. He, you could say, well, he shouldn't have made those comments, right? He probably shouldn't have done. But that should have been addressed on the night. You know, Tony should have got them together in a room. He should have recognized that, you know, spoken to Phil. Are you upset, Phil? You know, is this, is this a problem? Get him in the room together and thrash this out, you know, so this doesn't linger and become a problem. But, I mean, Tony doesn't like confrontation. He doesn't like making tough decisions. And also, I imagine Kenny, he's probably overworked. And we both know what it's like when you're overworked. You don't have time to do a lot of things properly. Mm -hmm. To me, you know, Tony Khan needs to accept some help, certainly in terms of booking, because, you know, so many things happen in this promotion that, that are just not helpful, not constructive, that are not taking this company forward. Um, and yes. I, know he, I know he says he's got QT Marshall helping him with the booking, but with all due respect, I mean, you need to get somebody else in who's who's done this to a level before yeah. where they can help you and you can Absolutely. trust them. Absolutely. There's all these people there that he could bring in. And, you know, well, that again would then involve making difficult decisions about match content and you'd have to tone things down and you'd have to mm-hmm. say to people, no, you can't do that in that match because this person in this very next match is going to do that same spot. And that person needs the spot more than you do. I mean, I think, was it two weeks ago with a dumpster match? I think it was. Yes. Um, there was a Matt Hardy versus Christian Cage match. You know, I really felt for Matt Hardy. He shouldn't even be in the ring at the moment. And they did a spot where um, Christian Cage was lying on a table at ringside. And Matt went to uh, drop an elbow through uh, onto Christian, who was lying on the table from the apron. Uh, Christian moved and, and Matt went through the table, smashed the table. Now, I believe it was the very next match was the dumpster match, right? And the finish of that was an elbow drop off the stair, off the uh, the tunnel, the top of the tunnel, onto someone who was lying on a table. So you've just had two elbow spots through tables in, con- I think it was consecutive matches, certainly on the same show anyway. And it was just like, why have you, why did Matt Hardy do that spot in that match? It it was not required, it was not needed, and it's totally stolen the thunder of the big climactic spot in the dumpster match. And just things like this should not be happening, Kenny. It just shouldn't be happening. And there's no need for people to be taking this amount of punishment. And certainly Matt Hardy shouldn't be taking this amount of punishment at his age and in the physical state that he's in. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of difficult decisions need to be made. Uh, and certainly, you know, when it comes to guys going into business for themselves on promos, um, that needs to be addressed. It needs to be addressed immediately to prevent discontent from breeding or escalating and situations yeah. like this. Um, you know, we know in pro wrestling history, things like this have happened all the time. Of course they have. You'll find examples of people going out there and making shoot comments in basically every promotion since the since promos became a thing. But I mean, it's not advisable because it creates tension backstage. And here we are. We've got this tension, haven't we, Kenny? 
Yeah, especially because it, it makes Adam Page look bad as well. Mm. Because he's, you know, he's not able, it's not even he's able to come out and rebut it. He's not able to address it. It's not building a match. I mean, and maybe. It's, it's two baby faces, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, maybe it will work out for the best of Adam Page. Maybe they'll turn it into something because they, because maybe Tony Khan feels that they have to because if they don't, then it makes Adam Page look a bit like a chump. But, but I mean, we've already been there on that feud and it just distracts us from what's really coming up, which is Moxley versus Punk. That's what yeah, our true. focus should be on. I mean, surely Page isn't going to be involved again because he had his title run. It was a flop. And he's done... He didn't follow up on it in any way. Sorry? sorry. He didn't follow up on his title run in any way. Exactly. You know, he was just allowed to languish after that, which is another thing that the AEW does on a regular basis. Someone becomes champ, they lose the belt, and then they kind of disappear. And um, there's no attempt to maintain what has been created from that title reign or that push. Uh, And Paige was just, yeah, kind of ignored. So it's hard for me to believe that he's going to be reinserted in this feud. I mean, maybe he will be now because a lot of people are talking about this, but it wouldn't really make much sense to me. And I kind of have to think that MJF is going to return on on Dynamite this Wednesday because I cannot make any sense at all of this title versus title match being given away on TV just before a pay-per-view. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think that I think it's MJF. I think that's the that's the reason. Which you know, look, if they, the, the, there's a way to do it that will be good and that will be effective, it's just will that you know will that happen? I was you know I was doing an interview with somebody for inside the Ropes magazine the next issue, which I won't say who yet, but um, I was asking them about uh, stuff that you do as a heel or a babyface, and they made a really good point where they said, you know, it's never about what you do or what you say; it's about how you do it and how you present it. And it's will they be able to present it well on Wednesday? So we'll see if they will. Um, no. I, mean, we... I, I mean, what have the what? I mean, if MGF doesn't return, what have they got for that pay per view? Yeah, I mean, because the, the, the weird thing is when I mean when Punk and Moxley did that segment, the first the first segment of the show. I mean, that was a great all out main event setup right there. You know, it, it's there. But if if they do it this week. Are they doing it this week to to insert MJF in and make it a three way? Are they? Are you know? I'll be interested to see how they do it. And Tony can usually when it's the main event stuff, he does take care of it. So I'm curious to see what his plan is. I mean, I think he just he wants to crack the one million barrier. I mean, they were nine nine hundred fifty seven thousand viewers last Wednesday. I mean, the numbers have stagnated. I mean, giving away a lot of gimmick matches, which unfortunately have been devalued because. They just do too many gimmick matches, tons of blood, so much blood, it's just outrageous, don't mean anything anymore. What's tournaments? Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> so I mean, they're doing this interim champion versus champion match on free TV. I, I just, it's just, is it, it's, it's almost like Goldberg versus Hogan. Kind of feels like, obviously, no one was as big as that, but it almost feels like that. Like, why give this away on free TV? I mean, hopefully, hopefully this time next week we will understand the reason. And yeah, well, maybe. Are. We'll see. Um, the last thing I want to bring up to you before we go is uh, there was an announcement this week that NXT UK is no more as of September the 4th. There's going to be a World's Collide event on uh, film from the Performance Centre. And then uh, as of next year, NXT Europe will launch, which will be a new uh, territory. Uh, but the following wrestlers have been released Flash Morgan Webster, Wild Boar, Jack Stars, Mark Andrews, Amelie, Emilia McKenzie, 
Kirsty Bosley, the ring announcer, Dave Mastiff, Ashton Smith, Sha Samuels, Nina Samuels, Sam Gradwell, Danny Luna, Primate, Rohan Raja, Kenny Williams, Amir Jordan, Saxon Huxley, Zaya Brookside, Teoman, T-Bone, Eddie Dennis, Sid Scala, and Trent Seven. Um, what do you make of the announcement? Did any of those aforementioned names let go surprise you? Well, I mean, I think when Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs um, won the NXT UK Tag Team Championship, uh, the June 22nd taping, I think it was, that was a that was a warning sign. The alarm bells went off then. So why are the... I mean, obviously, uh, Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter, they had to vacate the belts. Um, and then Jensen and Briggs became the new champs. But they're uh, NXT 2.0, NXT America act. And they took the, the belts back to the States. So I've got to say, when that happened, Kenny, I just thought, hmm, why, why have they put the belts on an act that works for the US branch of NXT. And that did concern me. Also the fact that NXT UK, I mean, I, I generally enjoyed it, but it became a bit of a forgotten brand. And they weren't they weren't doing that cycle where they were working to big shows ever since you know we've come out of the pandemic or come out of restrictions. And you've got to remember it was last July in the UK that we came out of restrictions. Mm-hmm. And also sort of late last year things you know, it did tighten up again a little bit. But I mean, you know, we, we are post-pandemic now for quite some time. So you can't really blame it on COVID anymore. And it just felt like NXT UK was no longer a priority. It was just existing. I mean, if you're just existing, you're basically stagnating, aren't you? Yeah. So, yeah, I've got to say, I'm not, I wasn't surprised when this occurred. Also, we had the heatwave event last week, uh, which actually incidentally drew 723,000 viewers which was NXT's best number since the Halloween Havoc special. Um, and Blair Davenport was there and Tyler Bate turned up at the end. Gallus as well. Gallus, yeah. Tyler Bate turned up at the end to uh, challenge Bron Breaker. So all signs were that something was coming. Um, so, yeah, not surprised, really. Um, I mean, NXT Europe... I mean, is it going to be based in London? Presumably it is. I don't know. Is it going to be based somewhere in, you know, in France? I can't imagine. I imagine it will be based in London and the net will be wider. It's obviously not good news for all the people who've just been released from their contracts because they were on, you know, receiving regular wages and it was, you know, decent money. Um, so it's got to be you know, worrying time for all the people who've been released from the contracts. I imagine some of them will be re-signed. I believe they have been told that when this NXT Europe thing gets going, that some will be rehired. Not all, though, I imagine. No. Um, But, I mean, on one hand, obviously not great for the talent who had a good thing going there. But on the other hand, Kenny, NXT UK was going nowhere, was it? No. And I mean, you know, WWE, WWE ran their first post-COVID European tour. I'm sure it was this, was it like September 2021? Something like that. October. So it's been over, it's been almost a year and they've done like two or three tours. Yeah. Um, and the fact that they've never done like a takeover for NXT UK was probably quite telling. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's got, I mean, in some ways, you've got a feel for the wrestlers who were under contract. But then the other point, you go, these wrestlers were on a pretty... I mean, 
when I say a decent wage, they were on a wage that would be, you know, for working one day a month. Was, exactly, was, was, exactly. Was, That's it. It's a part-time gig, isn't it, basically? Yeah, I mean, it, the, the most part-time of part-time gigs. I mean, the, the, the thing is going to be now is all these wrestlers, because when I'm looking at this list, I maybe five of them get re-signed, but I don't think a lot of them are going to get re-signed. And then now, you know, the UK scene is basically nondescript. Yeah. You know, you've got the guy from Wrestling Travel who's bought TNT Wrestling and whatever, and now that, you know, Progress, he's bought them as well. But, I mean, I've not heard any less about those companies since they've been bought over. You know, you don't hear anything about them. You don't, there's no buzz from any of the shows. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see if, if a new UK company is the one that starts to get a buzz or if one of the current ones are the ones to get something going again. But, um yeah, it'll be in, I'm curious to see the next step of British wrestling and see what the independents have got, you know, what, what's going to happen, how it's going to play yeah. out. Yeah, I mean, you know, NXT UK, I mean, quite a few people did make it to America. I mean, Kaylee Ray, obviously Tyler Bate, he looks to be safe. Um, JD Madonna, he's over there. Um, Tony Storm was obviously in NXT UK. Gals are on their way over now, you know. Gallus, like... yeah, there was Piper Niven, do drop. You know, she's she's gone over there. So, pretty I mean, deadly. Pretty deadly. Over. Yeah, they've done all right for themselves out there. Um, so, I mean, you got to really look at this as as something that was, you know, means to an end for some talent. And, so, and we talked about it before. Obviously, some people in NXT UK, Kenny Williams was a person who you mentioned in the past. He was never going to get the call, no. even though he's a good sort of second match guy in great shape. I mean, I thought the general standard of wrestling, uh, certainly in the men's division in NXT UK, was really, you know, really competent, you know, really, and at times really good. Um, some of the women, you know, a bit rough around the edges. Um, but, I mean, there was a lot of really good performers in there. They were in great shape. You know, they were learning how to work for TV. You know, they were basically learning how to put a match together in which they didn't, you know, injure themselves and, you know, at a start, middle and an end. So there's a lot of people who benefited from this NXT UK experience. It's been around, what, nearly six years, I think it is, isn't it? Yeah. Six, no, yeah, coming up, yeah, it was because it was yeah, January 2017. Yeah, Jan 17, wasn't it, was when the... Um, so five and a half years. Yeah, the t- the tournament in uh, Blackpool took place with the uh, the famous the famous Charlie Caruso interview that we'll oh, keep bringing up, Kenny. Amazing. <laughs> but, I mean, <laughs> you know, you've got to look at the benefits here. And also now you've got a lot of talent who've learned a lot who can go back to these smaller promotions and pass on that wisdom. Uh, I know it's going to be difficult for them because there's less money and we're, they're going to have to go through a rebuilding process. So, it, yeah, I mean, if you're a wrestler who's been released, this is this has been a very difficult week. I absolutely get that. Um, but, I mean, I think something like this was inevitable and I'm sure a lot of them did see this coming because of the lack of investment and the lack of um, pr- just presenting major shows a couple of times a year. You know, in conjunction with NXT America and, you know, all these other things that are indicators that WWE was committed to NXT UK. It was clear they weren't. Um, so we'll see what happens. But I mean, I'm hoping when NXT Europe launches next year, Kenny, that there is that investment again. And they're going to do those cycle of running two or three big shows a year, you know, at larger venues. And there's more of a buzz because, I mean, who 
could really find time in their schedule to fit NXT UK in. It was tricky, even for me. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the the whole idea of there being a weekly TV show probably needs to go. Yeah, and it probably needs to be. You've got this uh, little promotion where you where you basically do, you know, maybe a supercard every two months or something, and you've got people building towards doing that. Have them wrestling, even do like live events in the in the UK and in Germany and different places, but it doesn't need to be a televised show because then you're you're building up it because who's got time to, you know, to watch it all. You know, I, I mean, I, I I know that you keep up with NXT UK. I don't really know many other people who have got the time to keep up with it. That's it. Um, and a lot of weeks. I mean, to me, it was a good show. I mean, the, the standard of wrestling was was rarely, you would rarely watch it and, and cringe or wince and think, Oof. you know, it was well put together and it looked really good from the BT Sports studio. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, it was a really very, very well presented product, uh, but there was very little on there that was essential viewing. And I think in this day and age, because there's so much product, we talk about this, we've talked about this many times, it's got to be, there's got to be a reason to watch. And there was far too infrequently, I mean, or, or, or so so seldom was there a match or a show that you absolutely had to see. Another person as well, who obviously huge beneficiary was, of course, Walter, now Gunter. Yeah, and and you know the fact that he because I mean there's so many times where he could have just went nah I'm not, I'm 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 gonna leave and you know I mean Triple H deserves a lot of credit actually about how he was able to keep that relationship with him yeah and you know because eventually he did want to come to the US but if they'd have tried to force him before he was ready to go it would have backfired and now look where he is so it just shows you that even if someone's not you know initially he's not that up for it. If you think they're worth it, you know, give them a go. You never know where it can go. Well, exactly. And if you're serious about this, and obviously Gunter is, then ultimately you've got to you've got to give it a try on the main roster. You might not make it, but at least you've given it a try. And he's he's doing well. And Dragonoff's another one who I think will receive the call up. Um, is somebody who who I think can do well on the main roster because he's such an amazing performer. Um, as we've discussed this before, potentially as part of, of Gunter's act, you know, is, is, is uh, he could create a, a stable and have like three or four people behind him. And I think Dragonoff would be an ideal uh, recruit for uh, Gunter's um, faction. Uh, well, listen, that is that's it for us today. Um, oh, I should mention actually uh, for those of you in the UK, Clash at the Castle is going to be shown on BT Sport Two, so it's not going to be on. You don't have to buy it on pay-per-view or anything in the UK. If you've not got the network, then it's going to be on BT Sport 2 um, live. So there you go. UK Just TV. like the old days, Kenny, when they used to show them on Sky Sports Live. There you go. So uh, it's not quite BT Movies Gold, but there you go. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but yeah, I actually got through and post uh, the latest edition of Inside the Ropes magazine. Just come through. So um, if you are a subscriber, you might have got your, your copy already. Mine uh, arrived on Friday. There you go. So inside the magazine.com, you can pick that up. And uh, if you subscribe, you do sometimes get the magazine up to you know almost a week early. Not all the time, but it's worth it. It's one of the perks of being a subscriber. So we hope that you'll check it out. A packed issue, as always. So much stuff going on. So much stuff. Uh, but we hope that you will check it out. Um, Absolutely. And uh, yeah, uh, Patreon is the best way you can directly support us. We have still had almost daily content going up. We've posted a couple of the early early power slam podcasts up there as well we did have some fun feedback from the first episode saying interesting to see that the rapport has been there since day one 
So there you go, Finn. Oh, that's it. The interplay. The interplay. It's like Bobby and Gorilla, isn't it? Yes. 30 years ago. <laughs> Um, but yeah we hope you've uh, enjoyed listening to us and uh, we will be back with loads more this coming week um, and service normal service will resume so I want to thank you for all your support and we'll talk to you soon sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusion Supply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 